All right. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> you recorded that whole thing, weren't you? No, I, wasn't. I didn't record all that. <laughs> as interesting as it was, no. as <laughs> captivating. Yeah, no, it fuck is. You're, you. You're learning Irish, and now I like that you're learning Irish. It's pretty cool. It's I'm not learning anything. I'm well. It was Irish and French, but I, but you were, should really only learn one at a time because it's hard enough task as it is. So I've learned how to say. Uh, the, the easiest one is hello is Jehoich, and then uh, the answer to that Gis Hoich and then no, is it Irish you're learning or Celtic? There is you can't say Celtic because there's like five or six or okay. even more versions of Celtic. So it's sort of like Chinese. You can't even say Gaelic because Gaelic is ten, ten, uh, is technically not correct either. It's it's more correct to to call it Irish because that's the the version of Ga- of Celtic that they speak. So hmm. because there's Welsh. Britain, uh, Scottish Gaelic, um, Manx. Um, I think there might even be a continental form of Celtic that's still alive, but I'm not quite sure. Hmm. Um, I've been studying a bunch of their. It's it's reading Irish history and and just Celtic history in general is fascinating shit because it's a bunch of shit you didn't know. Yeah, we don't study it too much over here. Well, I mean, but it's the the history of our people, and it's mm-hmm. like the thing about it is, is that. We have so much in common with, believe it or not, India. Really? Indo-European is not just bullshit. It's because we're related. And there's actually a lot of stuff. The root words in Irish are the same as they are, almost the same as they are in Indian, in Sanskrit. So it's fucking crazy. It's pretty creepy. Like Danu is like the goddess of the river in uh, of, of Irish Celtic. Danube is the, is the river in... India, the Danube. And then the, there's the, the, the Blue Danube, which is a song, I think. <laughs> or maybe it's a movie. I don't know. Then there's Blue Lagoon. You're right. Which is, you know, great, I guess. Is, uh, is that the Brooke one with Shields. Brooke Shields when yeah. she was a little too young to be naked on TV on, yeah. a, on a movie? And It was the 70s or the 80s. I can't remember. Well, the the kids that played Romeo and Juliet in the 1968 movie are suing because they, they had a nude scene in that movie and they were like 15. Holy shit! So, well, they were being accurate. Yeah, but they were still suing. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying that, now. I'm not saying like, it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. Yeah, what what was done to them or anything like that. But I'm saying that it, that is accurate according to the story. Yeah, because they were 15 and 16 years old. Yep. What is this noise? Okay. Oh, it's that. I'll just turn that down. Yeah. Boom. Now I'm going to go ahead and play the uh, theme song. Let's get this thing moving. Play. <laughs> it's a good one, but it's not the theme song. There we go. It's still in the same spot where we left last week. That's weird. Here, played four oh six. We're doing it. Yeah, it's been. Uh, well, we we actually did an episode last week. Yeah, I forgot. Me, it was, you, it was a banger. Me, you, Aaron, and JMO. I forgot. Yeah. Completely forgot. I thought it had been a couple weeks, but it's only been a week. Nice. Phew. Forgot completely. The Crimson Twins. Yes. The the red. 
rockets. <laughs> Redheaded gay guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Redheaded gay guy. So what's what's been going on this week with you? You've been having fun. Been doing fun stuff. Um. Well, I'm trying to think of things to actually talk about. Well, there's there's so. there's a few. Th- I mean, there's not really much. There's not much. The world's kind of in a down cycle at the moment. I mean, we could do that. We could structure just like the fun employment files and just do a whole thing of favorite things. We can. I mean, because uh, along those lines, I've finished uh, two books, and um, one of them was the third installment of the Dark Tower. It's called The Wastelands. Hmm. It's a good fucking book. Um, and then another one was a short history of the Celts, which we were talking about at the top of the hour. Mm, at uh, the top of the hour. <laughs> Traffic on the tens. Twelve thirty has past half past twelve. Twelve thirty, half past twelve. Yeah, you always you always have to do the uh the time twice in two different variants. Yeah, it's so stupid. <laughs> um Me and J Mo did music stuff last night. Yeah. Till about I went there at four o'clock and we stayed at it consistently till about eleven thirty, eleven fifteen, eleven thirty, something like so that. Almost eight hours. Yeah. Excellent. But, but like two hours of it is just like us bullshitting. Like before we even get started, there's a half hour of setting up. Right. And then there's an hour of trying to remember how to work the programs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that every time. But it was still productive. Well, I mean, I think there was probably three and a half, uh, probably four and a half, five hours of solid doing the thing. Of course, there's multiple takes. I screw up. I forget how to play the song, because even though I wrote the song. And it has right. been a minute since we've did it. Um, uh, like, I haven't played guitar very much lately, and J-Mo keeps it cold in his house just like I do. Yeah. Um, I'm not doing it voluntarily, but it's just. Do you need a space heater? I have plenty of space heaters, but <laughs> they run up bills. The <laughs> they run up bills. Like I, I'll run that one over there. It's fine. It's Do not, you sleep out here? No, I sleep no. in my bedroom. Right. I have a, uh, if I need to, I'll, I have a space heater in there. Close the door. It gets to 100 degrees if I want. Oh, all right. It's nice, nice and toasty. Um, but you're supposed to sleep with it cold, so it's fine. All I right. will. I will wear this when I sleep though tonight. No, I never. <clears throat> I never wear a shirt or anything sleeping. Um, I usually don't, but. I will during this spell, just in case I have to get up to piss or something like nice. that. I mean, it's not like it's going to be 10 degrees in here. It'll be 56. How many times do you get up to piss a night? Sometimes, most of the time, zero. Okay. But it just depends on if I drank something hmm. within two or, th- or an hour of going to bed. I'm always drinking something, so I usually get up twice. Most of the time, it's zero. Hmm. Once or twice a week, I will have to get up and pee. Hmm. Whenever I used to drink, the nights I drank, it would be... Two or three times a night. Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, my hands were cramping up while trying to play guitar. And when you're recording, you want to play, you want to like you've got a riff. It goes from here to here to here doing all this shit. You also want to play multiple variants of the riff, uh, multiple phrasings of the chords. Like you want to do the open chord and then you want to 
do the bar chords. Phrasings. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you get multiple sounds. Coming out of person except you, that would sound very pretentious and well, it's, it's, it's just what it calls. <laughs> I know, understand. Called, I understand. It's, it's a shorter way to say different ways to play the chord. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> you could see somebody being a fucking oh, cunt absolutely. with that. 100%. Different phrases. Try different phrases. <laughs> Fuck you. Tell me to play it different. <laughs> Depending on who says it, but like... Um, like the the song we were working on last night is uh, F sharp, G sharp, E B. Co- pretty common little riff, right? So, uh, and when it gets to the chorus, it's A E B. Pretty common little little riff. So I I played it normal in the open chords. Slapped a capo on that some bitch. Went all the way up. Played it with the uh, the phrasing. Put the capo on the seven. Hit the A there. It's a D chord. Has a different sound to it. Then I played it in bar chords. There's going to be 36 fucking guitar tracks on this, and it's not even a guitar song. <laughs> it is a it is a new wave synth, synth song. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out how to sing in that style. Um, because I, d- I don't want it just to sound like regular. I know, I know. Yeah, like that. I got to figure it out. I, right, because I want I don't want it to sound just like regular me. Whenever I sing. well, I mean, I think a perfect example would be like. Um, Flock of Seagulls, okay. um, the Cars. Um, yeah, yeah. There's some Cars elements in there, and some Cure elements in there too. Yeah, the Cure. I mean, but in this, who song, can sing like Robert Smith? Well, whenever I, mean, I whenever I did wrote the song, um, I I played it slow at first, and I sped it up a little bit to sort of a that kind of speed mm. and i was like well that's kind of a cure speed yeah it is so and then you got to write a little riff to go along with the, the cure thing it's got to be a bass line doom doom oh we got the bass right now we have the uh, uh a synth bass line just hitting the, the root notes and later mm. on i'm gonna do uh, probably should have jmo do it since he is a bass player he's one of the best ones i've ever seen really but um, he slap and pop he do doesn't the that's tasteless you don't need to do that in his touch, just play the fucking just bass. Play the thing. It's fine if you can, but I, it's not. It annoys me. I don't like it. Well, some people. I mean, unless I'm watching a funk band, but if I see somebody up there playing regular songs and they're slapping and popping, <laughs> it annoys me. I'm like, you're you're stupid. You suck. I hate you. You're really good at. You're a pretentious that. twat. It sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's a fun skill to have. Sure, whatever. But um, Ben can do it. I'm sure he can, but he doesn't. I mean, he he usually just plays it straight. Um, so I'm, I'm probably just going to figure out a baseline to go with it, um, to to drive it. I want the synth baseline because it's it's just bump up bump up bump 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 bump. Well, what you should do is you should just listen to a bunch of Cure tunes and the cars and all that, and then by you know what do you call it by osmosis, it'll just kind of materialize. Yeah, I think that's what I'll do. I mean, it's like this at the beginning. Uh, punch up, uh, just like heaven. Oh, I there. know. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I and know you know the song. And what's funny saying, is to give people an idea of what accidentally. We're about. I think it's the same song. <laughs> I think it's the same. Well, it could be like the same Weezer. Chords. It could be like Weezer, but it's you know, like it sounds like it, but it's just an homage. Like they did a they did a Van Halen tune. It's a really solid Van Halen tune. Um, it wasn't meant to be an homage at first, but uh, just like heaven. Uh, I think it's like the same. This is what we're talking about, people. Okay, no, it's not the same. Dun, 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 dun. 
fucking love the cure, buddy. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I don't want to play too much of it because we'll get taken we'll off flag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're one of those. Oh, it's, it's, well, it's everybody. Well, it's people it's own the, the people that own them is one right. of those. Radiohead's a big one for that. I'm sure, Robert Smith wouldn't care. Robert Smith doesn't care. Fuck. Um, Cheers. Yeah. It's uh, and JMO had forgotten that we have almost completed two songs. He's like, oh, I was like, play me the play me this one, and he's like, huh? I was like, it's right there, we almost finished this thing, and like he played it back. He's like, oh my god, <laughs> that's really good. Music's hard. Yeah, we've been all over the place, so. It, I can understand him forgetting, but I didn't forget. So, do you ever feel like stepping out of the normal rut is painful? Uh, yeah, it almost gives me a headache. You know what I mean? Like it almost makes me feel tired to do things that I don't like. Okay, it's like learning the language. Mm-hmm. I was going to learn a phrase a day. And practice that phrase and hammer and hammer and hammer it until I finished it. And I've done pretty well. There were a few days that I missed because of a thing. I don't want to, you know, it's a depression or whatever. I got into a serious one and I pulled myself out. So on the four to five good days, I did learn a phrase or at least a word. And I didn't want to learn them anymore. I mean, I'm just like, God, this is hard because I don't want to think about this. I just, I don't, forming those new neural pathways is no fun, you know, because you're forcing yourself to do something that doesn't come easy. Yeah. I mean, there's days that, I'm trying to make a habit out of reading, like at least not every day, but most days, mm-hmm. hour, hour and a half. And there's some days I come home from work and I don't want to do it. Then I force myself to do it. And then after about 15 minutes, I'm like, I'm really glad I'm doing this. Right. But the thing for me, reading is effortless. Like I'm, I'm so used to it that I do it all the time. You, you weren't a big reader at first. So I'm so used to it. That it is no longer an effort for me. Even a book that's new, it's no effort. So, mm-hmm. But learning a language, I was never a language guy, but it turns out I'm pretty good at it. Like, I pick it up really quick, pronunciation and everything. And, um, you know, I think I could get a working knowledge of the language in a year. So, because it's just basic phrases. I mean, once you get those down, the interrogatives, mm-hmm. you pretty much got it. Do they conjugate and shit like that like you had to in Spanish? No, it's more like you just learn the phrases. Like, you know, the first one, of course, is going to be hello. That's just... a normal geoich i mean that's just the the normal one and then the reply to that and then of course the next one you want to learn is thank you because if somebody gives you something you want to be show your gratitude and then you want to learn your welcome all those things can because the reply to that and then you just want to start picking up vocabulary that you thought like i thought the for john being the golden wolf i, I wanted to learn wolf so i learned makchira and that was just right then you know what i mean because you can connect those a wolf is cool so i'm going to remember that you know but yeah. you know, just basic pitter patter is not necessarily cool, so it's a little bit more difficult. So Well, I was um it's been a while since we got together to do music stuff and mm-hmm. we were um yesterday I was like, Man, I really want to go do the music stuff, but also I kinda just want to sit here and yeah. watch YouTube videos. Sure. And, yeah. But you know, once you get there and you get it going, you're so glad it's you did it. The greatest thing. It is. There's nothing more fun than flow theory. Something. Yeah. Flow theory. I gotta get that book so you can read it. Have you ever actually been in flow, like the yes, flow absolutely, I have. It's I'm gonna take do it in almost anything. I just realized this. You know the biggest flow state I've been in writing. Because remember when I say I don't remember writing that? Uh-huh. That's what happens. You your consciousness lifts, and thinking and improvisation get into this 
you're you're in this flow in this it's flow theory, and then you in this flow state. And then you're coming up with things so quickly that your that your brain is working almost without your knowledge. It's almost been it's almost as though it's being beamed through you. You're reporting what is going on. Like Stephen King, he gets he's a he's a gardener, but he's also a he's an architect, but he's also a gardener. Mm-hmm. He's more of a gardener than an architect. What we're talking about is George George R. Everybody, anybody listening, George R. Martin defines two different kind of writers, and he said no writers true truly purely one or the other. They're you know they're usually a combination, but it's usually a, a percentage. Gardeners are people who just have a story idea and start writing and let it go. You know, just crank it. He's about as close as you're going to get to that to pure gardener. Yeah, I mean because it's like it gets a fucking way. It's so organic it gets away from him. You know, then an, an architect would be somebody like. Uh, well, they're usually hacks, in my opinion. Um, George, Robert Jordan was was a major architect because his shit lacked any kind of spontaneity. I mean, he had cool ideas, but they just weren't didn't materialize. And then everything just happened exactly the way you think. Exactly, it I'm like, holy fuck, man! I could see this shit coming a fucking mile away. You know, George R. R. Martin. I got to be honest, man. Didn't see any of it coming. Yeah. Um, well, by the third book, I could see shit coming. The Red Wedding, though, was so fucking horrific when I read it. I was just like. You have to understand, I read this 20 years ago. And I was just like, what in the blue fuck is going on with this guy? And 20 years ago, you're like, how'd they let him publish this? Exactly. In 1998? And, dude, I had read so much fantasy, and I was still in the, even though I knew in the back of my mind, this is real, this is happening. I was like, this might be a dream sequence. Mm-mm, it wasn't a dream sequence. It was not. No, so Stephen King at the end of uh, The Wastelands was talking about how he was as, as surprised as anyone how the story ended on a cliffhanger because they go into cities like New York called Lud. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take away from you talking. About no, it's fine. Okay. This is great. This is what I like. Um, and I feel like I do that too much. That it's I, fine. Okay. And uh, I would tell you. I know you would. I know you would. You're that kind of person. Like, hey, how? Um, plus, I have... I've stayed uh, away from the Kratom d- dose today because I knew it was going to be on the show. So yeah, I'm really so feeling it. <laughs> so you're all dosed up. <laughs> um, the Gunslingers, the Cotet of Roland or whoever, Cotet of New York actually, because three of the characters from New York go to the city called Lud, which is this really similar place in New York City. It doesn't sound like a fun city. It doesn't. Um, it might be Lud, but I think it is Lud. It's spelled L-U-D. They go across this huge bridge and this fucking... Are the people in the town called Luddites? They actually are. Nice. Um, But there's two groups of people who run the city, the Greys and the Pubes. (laughs) 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 The Greys were originally called people, were originally older people. And now they're so old that they're just can't even find them. The pubes were originally like pubescent people, you know what I mean? That have now grown older, but are still in the prime of life, but they're older. You know what I mean? Probably like us, you know, still in the prime of life, still strong, still very, probably more dangerous than we were in our youth, but we just aren't a spry. So Jake, who is the kid who they had to go back and, and save at the beginning of um, the wastelands which is one of the greatest sequences of all time because Roland stepped through, steps through every, like, okay, a little bit of backstory in the drawing of the three, which is him drawing the three people are going to be with him. You know, in reality, there were only actually two. He got Eddie Dean, who is from 1977, New York, actually 1986, New York, because that's, you know, when he was pulled through, then there's, uh, 
Odetta Holmes, who was a black lady who had her legs chopped off, who came in 1962 to New York. And then Jake Chambers is from 1977 New York. So they all get drawn through. But Eddie Dean, Rowan steps through his body to like get stuff and take it back to his world so he can like get antibiotics. He's had these lobster things cut to his fingers off. It's fucking brutal, dude. Hmm. One of the coolest parts, though, is that uh, Rowan can step through and take care of take control of somebody's body. Well, he stepped into this guy's body named Jack Lamort, the pusher. This guy is the one who pushed Odetta in front of the train, got her legs cut off. He does this for fun, and he fucking comes when he does it. He's one of those people. Hmm. He like knocks people. He was he's he killed Jake in another timeline. What about pushed- the fat man? <laughs> There's a reference. Yeah. There's one guy out there that gets that reference. Yeah. Hey, um, <laughs> no, he he pushed in another time. Like I said, he pushed Jake in front of a car. He killed him. But Roland's going to save him from this, and now it's this whole thing. He takes over this guy's body, and he's he puts guns on, like, and he's so natural with the guns on because he's Roland in this guy's body. But he's so nonchalant with the guns that nobody looks twice at him for a second. He's got two big fucking guns on his hip that he's taken from a cop, and then he's like, he needs uh, Keflex, which is uh, you know a antibiotic mm-hmm. and he goes into a pharmacy and he's got the gun up and he's got it in the pharmacist's face and he's like i don't want to hurt you but i need keflex give it to me now i'm not going to do anything and this guy comes behind him with a knife gonna sh- gonna stab him he doesn't even look he just bang shoots and shoots the knife out of the guy's hand oh and then, has mercy on him he doesn't kill him no and then he like but then he's like so fucking fast like he'll fan the trigger and shit it's fucking awesome dude i really wish edris elbow would have been in a good gunslinger movie because he did he would have done a great job but, you know, then they get Jake and they're going through and then they go into Ludd and then Jake gets taken hostage by these by one of the greys. And he takes on this guy called the TikTok man, who's this great big fucking huge dude. And the city is, you know, it's kind of like our universe. The city's run by computers and stuff, but it's more like a 1980s version of the future computers. Sweet. It would be very similar to Blade Runner, nice. I think. So and at the end of the line, they're trying to get to this thing called Blaine, this mono. It's a monorail train. That's a that's a thinking computer. You know, it's a thinking, and it's gone insane. So, you know, the whole thing is fucking awesome. And mm. and it ended on a cliffhanger because Blaine has allowed them to get on the train. They've won through. They beat the TikTok man, all that shit. And then they have to tell them riddles, you know, because they love riddling this train. In this world, riddles are a big, big deal. And he's like, well, what, what's going to happen is you're going to tell me these, these riddles, and then I'm going to hurl us off this train going, you know, a thousand miles an hour. We're going to kill all of us. Oh, Jesus. Because he's going to commit suicide. Blaine, the, tra- the train is, you know. And then it ends right there on a cliffhanger. Oh. Yeah. So then it, it opens up with the fourth book, which I've just started. I got 50 pages in, The Wizard in Glass. And it's this whole thing. And it's uh, – He says it was because he was just flowing. He was flowing. and he Did he write realize- this during his cocaine days? I don't know because he finished uh, Wizard and Glass in ninety one. That's okay. been thirty years ago. I think he quit most of his coke in the eighties. Yeah, so probably after his directorial debut of Maximum Overdrive. That was in eighty six. He probably decided to stop doing cocaine. Well, no. What happened was they actually go into that. Stephen King is a character in the in the Dark Tower. Well, of course he is. I mean, and he they go through because they know that he's creating them. It's fucking all cool. It's fucking crazy, dude. It's so meta. Like, and they, and then they go to Stephen King when he's in his apartment in Bangor, Maine, and they and they hypnotize him, and they're talking about and Eddie, who was an ex heroin addict, looking, he's like, man, 
I don't know this for sure, but I know a guy when he's got a fucking monkey on his back, and that guy's got a fucking monkey on his back. You know, talking about. Hmm. And then, uh, and then the thing that's going to destroy their whole world is it's when uh, Stephen King gets hit by that fucking truck. When he got hit by that van, almost killed him. That happens in the book. Before he got hit, did he predict it or was it? No, this after. It's after he okay. got hit, and then he went on this tear to fucking finish the Dark Tower. A lot of people are not satisfied with how the Dark Tower ended. I'm not one of those people. I thought it was awesome. Um, the journey is more important than the destination. Mm-hmm. The end was. There, he wrote two different endings. There's no way to satisfy people. Well, no, there was two different endings, and he wrote one ending that I thought was satisfactory, and then he wrote another ending that he thought would satisfy other people, which I also thought was good. It turns out the whole th- theme of thing is Ka is a wheel. Ka is destiny, it's soul, it's all this stuff. And then he starts back at the beginning, the man in black fled across the desert, and the, and the gunslinger chased him. And that's the beginning line from the first book is the last line of the last book. That's pretty cool. It's I, I thought it was fucking great, but some people were so pissed because there was no resolution. It ended badly. A lot of the, you know, you're never going to read it. So I just well, but they're making a movie. Mike Flanagan's making a show out of it. Yeah, I watch the show definitely um, if it's cool. But I don't want to ruin it. But um, I don't care about that type of stuff. All of them die. Eddie, Jake, Odetta, they all die. Fat man. <laughs> I can't even think of that guy. That actor's name. Fat guy. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of the guy who played Jake. It's, he was like he was he was 80s fat, so he was like 180 pounds. Right. Well, not Fat Man was a fat guy. Yeah, like, he, he was probably he like, probably weighed 310. 310. Um, but Let's figure out. But they all get. But all the the dark the gunslinger characters except Roland get taken into this other. It was actually a beautiful ending because they're all sitting there watching a a, a fireworks thing. It's like Fourth of July, and Eddie walks up to Jake, or Jake walks up to Eddie and said, "Don't I know you?" He's like, "I think I know you too." And then they and then uh, Odette is there in her wheelchair. He's like, "Don't we all know each other? I, I swear we know each other." He said, "No, but let's find out." And then that's the end of them. Like mm. they're they're written out, and Roland has to continue by himself to the Dark Tower. I'll tell you this much: Jake and the Fat Man was on from 1987 to 1991. CBS Network. I want to say his name was Barry something. No, 106 episodes. That's good stuff. Oh, Joe, Joel, Joe, Joel Steiger or Steiger. Yeah. S-T-E-I-G-E-R. Is that the fat man? I think that would be Jake, Jake. or the fat man. Dean Hargrove. That's Oh, that that's created by starring okay. William Conrad, Joe Penny, and Alan King. Joe Penny. That's the one I was thinking of. He was on uh he was on uh Sopranos briefly. Mm, I gotta look these guys up. Uh, instead of searching on IMDB, I did Google. Cause when you search on Google, it'll tell you where they're where you can watch this stuff streaming. Sure. So I like that kind of stuff. Jake. God damn it. Just go to YouTube. YouTube should have it. No, I just want to, oh, to find it streaming. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be some episodes, but what if I want to watch uh, Jake and the Fat Man from the beginning? In order. Uh, William Conrad is the fat man. I'm sure his name wasn't just the fat man on there. Um, Let's look at... See what uh, his entire filmography. <laughs> I love this type of shit, dude. I bet I've seen him in so much stuff. The last thing he was in was Jake and the fucking Fat Man, eighty-seven to ninety-two. Hudson Hawk, oh, God. the Highwayman, Hudson Hawk. That movie, Matlock, so fucking terrible. Uh, Vengeance, the story of Tony Climo, Killing Cars, Hotel, In Like Flynn, not Flint. Murder, she wrote. Fall Guy, hell yeah, dude. Fall Guy. Fall Guy, 81 to 86, 112 episodes. Fall Guy was? Mm-hmm. Manimal, 
Everybody remember <laughs> Trauma Center, Mikado. That was one of the things on a hot tub time machine. It's like, man, we could go back and do something great, like bring back Manable. Po- was was Police Squad, Was it was like- It's the Naked Gun. It's the Naked Gun, but was it funny like the Naked Gun? Yes. Okay, I need to find that. Um, I wonder- Most of the jokes they do on the Naked Gun were jokes that they did on Police Squad. Police Squad. I need to find out where to watch that fucking show at then. You can probably just buy it on fucking. It's like Newhart. Oh, they only had six episodes. Police Police Squad? Squad? Yeah. Shit. It must have been like just a limited thing or it just didn't go well on TV. I don't think it did it. I can see why it wouldn't go on on TV in the 80s because every. Back then, I think it was every nine minutes you had an ad break. Right. Now it's every seven. Three ad breaks in a half hour show. That's fucking stupid. Crazy. That is insane. Oh, you got to get back to the Tarzan, the Lone Ranger, and Zorro Adventure Hour. That's another. So he thing was, that he, was a, uh, he was a he was a an actor in like the fifties and sixties. This is that says from nineteen eighty to eighty two. Sideshow Nero Wolf, the Return of Frank Cannon. So I think this guy had a a role in the probably sixties or seventies about the guy named Frank Cannon. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Buck Rogers in the 25th century from uh, 79 to 81. Gil Gerard, Aaron Gray. Holy shit, Aaron Gray. Do you know who I'm talking about? The name is familiar. Look her up. Look up Buck Rogers, Aaron Gray, and get you a gander at that. That's E-R-I-N-G-R-A-Y. E-Y. Actress, Buck Rogers. It's A-Y, by the way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't have any good pictures of her. That lady? Yeah, I remember her. She, I think she was also in. She was in the Brady Bunch movie. Yeah, she was in Jason Goes to Hell. Apparently, was she? Yeah, fuck that. Ninety Things actress. Last thing she was in is twenty twenty two. It's beginning to look a lot like murder. <laughs> 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 I love this shit, dude. Have you seen the? This is something we didn't haven't discussed. The AI thing. When they're doing things with AI, like I showed you the cats that are like wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Did you look at that? Yeah, it was great. It's, it's and then they did a thing which it's uh, cartoons that are they that they fed into AI. That's Tim Burton's claymation. Fucking horrifying. Like the ti- like the the Looney Tunes. Mm-hmm. Horrifying. But then they're also doing this thing where they're feeding AI information. They make the, like the Hallmark movies, and then they have them write a script. It is the funniest fucking thing yeah. because it is all the tropes that they put in the fucking you know. Well, but you can. There's one called Chat GPT. You can ask it a question, or like write an essay about this or that, and it'll like scour the internet and write an essay about about that, and you can use that and turn in. For, that's that's horrendous. Um, we're we're on a we're on. There's a, a big slide. debate going on about AI art that it's going to destroy regular people art. It's going to well. It's first the big problem is that it. Uh, scours all known images. Say you want a a picture of Elvis Presley um, with a machine gun shooting Rod Stewart. It whatever. Mm. It scours the internet. It scours every piece of art ever made, and it influence. And you want it in the style of Leonardo da Vinci. It scours everything, and it makes you that. That's terrifying. And it's like, well, it's stealing from other people's art, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It, what it's doing is being influenced by other people's art, just like people. Right. So what's the difference? 
The difference is they're going to create bots to make art for like corporate stuff. It's like I say, people will still want art made by you, like uh, painters or whatever. People will still want it. Yeah, but advertisers they're do they're going to be able to do it with music, right? They're going to be able to do it with screenwriting. They're going to be able to do it with everything. So, what happens? I don't know. Our culture collapses even more so. I, Somebody I, had I, a great tweet. Somebody had a wonderful okay. tweet that said, um, "We thought they were going to, um, we thought they were going to automate menial jobs so pe- people could focus on art and music, but they're automating art and music so people can, can focus, focus on, on menial, menial jobs. jobs." That is brilliant. That is fucking brilliant. That's actually very terrifying. I mean, it's. I'm with this movement to completely eradicate social media. I think it needs to go. I think that I, I think that just take it back to MySpace. Just take us back there. Just take great. us back to messengers. Yeah, where, we, where, where it's just essentially ICQ. Email. Yeah, remember ICQ, mm-hmm. like ASL, and you know, yeah, you know, it's the the it's fun if you can have like respectful debates or whatever. I don't even use it for that. It's well, all for but, jokes. But that's the thing with the social media too. Is now you have the this wealth of incorrect information like i get on these debates with people and they are just spouting nonsense that some person said and they take it because it's in a book i'm like that doesn't make it true that doesn't make i don't know man and it's all it's controversy it's and if you just state reality then you're a bad person you know it was the hot take the hot take culture that we have now um Something crazy happens, and then every everybody has to have their crazy hot take on it, and then you either get canceled or you get lifted above the crowd, like Khaleesi whenever she freed the slaves in right. Lease. Was it Lease? Where they no, lifted it was her Astapor. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Should have known that. Well, but she had freed. No, well, actually, she didn't go into Lease. Astapor, Mirene, and uh, yeah, and Yunkai. Has she made it to Lee's yet? Is she going no, to No, she's not going to Lee's. Okay. Lee's is one of the free cities. Okay. So there would be no need to go there. Good. Maybe to round up some bannermen to cross the ocean. Well, all the slaves that are in uh, Volantis are going to be with Daenerys. People yeah. need to understand that because the there's a meeting between Jorah Mormont or Tyrion and this lady who basically runs all the slaves in the city and says, tell tell the mother to to, to hurry. And, you know, we can't wait forever. That's essentially mm. saying we're going to rise up and throw all these shackles and kill all these motherfuckers and be with you. But we can't keep waiting. That's something that's happening. Back to the back to what we were saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just do a quick search. I bet YouTube I can find us some AI generated music and it'll probably be pretty good. It'll it'll lack any kind of soul or heart sure, of or course. anything. AI generated music. Okay, this is a song called On the Edge, AI generated rock music composed by AIVA. Let's give it a listen. Ooh, I like that. The half step up there. It's good. It's good. I like the bass line. I mean, AI generated punk. We gotta try that next. I wonder if there's gonna be. Lyrics or singing, probably not. No. And what's funny is this sounds like it's played by musicians too. It's even also 
it's a little imperfect. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> it is also very repetitive. I'm wondering if there's going to be like a. Well, that's the thing when you have when you have a computer or AI create something, there is no improvisation. Well, here's a little bit of dynamics. kind of sounds like a Pearl Jam riff. It does. A little bit more dynamics. The drummer's changed it over. I gotta tell you, I'd listen to it. It's like I like lo-fi. Lo-fi hip-hop. I like it a lot. It might be computer generated. But it's possible. I mean, I like it a lot. AI creates new Nirvana song. This is from a year ago. Is it even words? Gotta say, it's not a bad song. What's weird about it is that is him singing because there's enough, um, there's enough audio of him singing to where they can make him sing whatever they want. That is weird. Here comes a chorus. This is. Nirvana would never do what they just did. No. They would never do a halftime unless they updated, but I don't remember them ever doing it. They no. keep driving it. You never do the halftime breakdown. Foo Fighters would do that, though. So maybe the. Try a punk song. Try AI generated punk song. I'd be anxious, interested to see that. That's that's very Nirvana right there, dude. Yeah. All right. Open, open. Uh, here I just open, open, open AI jukebox co-composer mode, punk rock in the style of The Offspring. Uh, we'll try it. I don't like the offspring very much. I like the first album had some. Had no, some I'm not. I'm not bangs. saying. I'm not saying that they didn't have good songs. They do. I just don't like their style of punk. I just never really have. I always thought it was too rocky. You know. That is fuzzy. You think the AI would have mixed that better, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Can Chat GBT write a good melody? This is from three weeks ago. It's just a video seeing if a robot knows how to write a melody. This is normally something that I would watch not on here. Yeah. And I can see why. It's amazing what it can do. Not only can it write stories like this one about a panda that wants to be an airplane pilot, but it can write code. You can ask it to generate full web pages. Yeah. And although it's not built for it, you can even trick it into asking it to generate the code for an SVG file. We are hurtling towards it. Can it write music? To get things started, I had to define some conventions. Use MIDI pitch values and write durations as a fraction of a quarter note. When asked how long a half note would be, it answered correctly. Now it was time to start composing. 
I asked it to write a four-bar melody in 3-4 time, and express that melody as a list of notes, each of which is a tuple hmm. of pitch and duration. I also let it use a pitch of none to express a rest. Here's the thing. Chat. If that guy asked me to do that, I wouldn't know what he was talking about, because I don't know terms and stuff. Right. <laughs> but I could do it. GPT was more than willing to oblige, although it did somewhat questionably state that a 3-4 time signature has four beats per bar. Anyway, I went ahead and copied the result into this Python script, built using my scamp libraries, that goes ahead and plays the melody on a clarinet. Let's take a listen. Well, that's a melody. Mm. Let me see. AI-generated metal is insane. It gets better from here. In like 10 years, this is probably going to be like the biggest thing in the world. We're done. Fast forward some. Hurt Spire, like they sound. I want to hear. Generated by this pro. It's over thousands of variations. It allows me to input harmonies. Are you. War pigs with every lyric as an AI generated image. Oh, okay. Well, that's not that big of a deal. Unsettling AI generated music. Since you guys seemed to like it last time. Come on. Why's everybody got to talk? This is AI-generated music of some sort. Yeah, that's just so disjointed. Yeah, maybe that's the pr- that was the prompt. I'm not sure. What's going to happen is is you're going to have a group of a, a a segment of society that's not going to go along with this. They'll be like, no, this is the death of creation. This is all this stuff. And then they're going to go down this path. They're going to be awesome. Yeah. Because they're going to start improvising and all that and doing all that stuff that humans do. And then, but the rest of the soulless, dumb fuck culture that we have is, and I'm talking about world culture, not just American culture, is going down that road where they're going to allow everything to do everything, that to do everything for them. No more thinking, no more all that stuff. And also their facts, they're, gonna, they're not going to read history books or things that are established scholarship. They're going to find shit. They're going to go like, like Bill Burr says, I'm going to go to I'm right.com and I'm going to find this shit. And it's, and it's not going to be a credible source at all for anything, but they're gonna, it's going to back up what they say. And they're going to be able to argue because nobody is educated. There's going to be arguments between people, and the uneducated person who reads a bunch of bullshit is going to sound like he knows what he's thinking, and then that's going to turn on more people to think this guy knows what he's think- is talking about. Meanwhile, the educated person's head's going to be exploded like, this is all nonsense. This doesn't mean anything. There is no proof to any of this. And then all they have to say is, well, that's what they want you to think, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's where it's going. I mean, dude, I'm scared for the human race. Well, it's, it's not just... Like the people that create things, the the artists, the musicians, the singers, and all this stuff. I mean, it's going to be everything. Everything will be ran by computers, and it's supposed to be to take the load off of us, like the the people that hold the show, or that dig the holes, that uh, run the forklifts, and all that. Mm-hmm. But what's going to happen to those of us? You know what I mean? Hopefully, by the time it gets to that level, I'll be dead. Yeah, my daughter's going to live in it, though. That's the scary yeah. part. It's kind of creepy. I don't like... I mean, I don't hate the, the AI-generated music stuff. I think it's fine. But you're not going to be able to write fucking Strawberry Fields forever. No. You're not going to be able to do that. But the thing about it is... Now, you're not, you're not going to be... Like, last night, me and J-Mo, 
um, I was recording uh, vocals on mm-hmm. the song, and I noticed as we were recording it <clears throat> that uh, the first verse it was supposed to be four bars long, but we fucked up because we did we automated the drums and like the bass line, mm-hmm. and I recorded guitar parts over top of it, and uh, but then I went to record the vocals and and I noticed that there was only three bars in the first verse, yeah, and then we listened back to it and we were like. That works. Mm-hmm. That's fine. There right. will be no mistakes like that. Right. No happy accidents that are kind of cool. And right. now we don't, like we decided, hey, that's fucking cool. We don't have to go back and fix it now. It's a whole hour, two hours, how long it would take to fucking fix it. Right. There will be no mistakes. There'll be no happy accidents like um, at the end of Rearview Mirror, Pearl Jam. You hear the pop, 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 And then you hear, God, yeah. you hear the drumsticks hit the wall. Right. There will be none of that. Right. There will be nobody's fucking blisters on their hands because they because they played so hard in this recording session. There will be none of that. There will be no. I don't know. It's weird. It is. You kind of need the blood, sweat, and tears for the things to work. Well, I mean, we've discussed this before. The thing that defines human beings is not ease; it's difficulty. So, you know. But what I was saying is, yeah, Strawberry Fields forever and all and all that genius stuff that we like. But let's think about the terrifying human beings that we have now. The ones that are stupid, mm-hmm. proud to be so, um, don't know anything about anything. Don't know what's good. Don't know. You, you know what I mean? They're just pl- totally plugged in and they just, I mean, we got some really worthless human beings out there. This whole group of, you know. You see these like podcasts and stuff, and you know you have all these people that are Instagram models and all that stuff and OnlyFans. Like you don't do anything, you do nothing, and you get and you're getting paid money to do this. Mediocrity has now become mainstream. You're just everybody's. It, it's almost like uh, the Kurt Vonnegut story, a Breakfast of Champions, I think, or one of those, yeah, where everybody's mediocre. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also kind of like Harrison Bergeron. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. The one where the ballerinas have to wear masks to make them ugly and, yeah. wear, and wear weight and wear weight so they can't jump. Tall guys like, have to walk around on their knees. Right. Um, if you have perfect vision, they put blurry glasses on you. Yeah. And if you have bad vision, they'll give you the good glasses so you can actually see. Right. Um, we're all sort of getting hamstrung. But the crazy thing about it is that's forced mediocrity. Mm-hmm. The mediocrity is coming is not forced. It is wanted. So I'm, I'm serious, man. I, I mean, I, I, I despair for human beings. I really do. I, I, but I do think that out of everything bad, something good comes. And I think that something good will come is this movement of people like, fuck this shit, I'm out. And they'll go create things and you know do things the old-fashioned way and learn how to do, you know. I, I, that's There's always that. There's always that. Yeah. I mean, there was... I mean, there was the Beatles. They could have just kept doing the thing, you know? Yeah. They kept doing the thing they did in the early part of their career. Woo! And all that stuff. Right. But they did drugs. Sure. And they kept going. Right. People are still going to do drugs. Sure. You know? Well, now, here's a scary thing, though. Whether what if you could give a, a computer the equivalent of drugs? Hmm. That's terrifying. Never thought about that. All you would have to do is have an algorithm and say, okay, this is your normal frame of thought. But we're going to give you something that's going to destroy your idea of what spatial is. It's going to destroy your idea of time. It's going to do all these things. Now start doing things. 
Hmm. That's where you're going to have an AI birth that's a violent AI because there are no rules. That's the way you can circumvent the rules of robotics and the rules of, of AI. You know, they install rules according to Isaac Asimov, you know, that a computer AI cannot harm a human being, cannot, not by mission of action, or allow a human being to be harmed, all these things, right? But think about that thing on a on the computer's equivalent of drugs. That actually would be an awesome fucking story if I could write that. That 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 could be a fucking uh, um, Christopher Nolan. Think about that. Hmm. That's another thing. If AI if AI makes all of our movies, they're going to suck. Well, they, they suck already now. suck. A lot exactly. of them already suck. But then there's the outliers like Christopher Nolan mm-hmm. and fucking Dennis Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Um, you know people like that, right? Disney would do it that way right now if they could. They kind of, and did. essentially they do. You know? Yeah. Well, I was just watching a video before you came in um, about the Disney remakes of their animated ones, the mm-hmm. live action versions, mm-hmm. and like they're getting people that can't sing and having them say the words and then pitch correcting to where it sounds like they're singing. In their like Emma Watson can't sing, and they just made it sound like she was singing. They added vibrato, and you can tell it's not real. And it's just they're. People are still doing the acting, but then they're pitch correcting and everything for. Um, well, they did that though in their old animated movies. They they would have one person do the voice, and then when they sang a part, they would have another act, another. They would have a singer sing that part. They were leaning. I've been. I've watched some animated movies lately. Man, Pixar with Disney still killing it, like Encanto. Beautiful, beautiful. I've heard it's beautiful great. fucking movie. So good. Uh, the Frozen movies, the, especially the first one, tremendous movie. Kristen Bell can really fucking sing. Mm-hmm. She can belt it. Um, I'm pretty sure she's one that actually does sing. Yes. I can really tell she can. You know, it's like this. Um, I bought the Iron Giant because that is the last, for a while, it was the last bastion of a good animated movie. Like Pixar had started to get in the picture, but they had yet to make something really. I mean, they had made Toy Story, which is, was good, and but the the ironic part about it is is that the guy Brad Bird is the guy behind the Iron Giant. He's also behind Pixar. He was like the story guy behind Pixar. Mm-hmm. So I love those things where story is so integral that you can't, you know. And the Iron Giant is the. I mean, have you have you watched that? It's been twenty five years. Probably. You, I, I bought it. You need to watch it again. I mean, I bought it for five dollars. So it's beautiful. I mean, it's an absolutely beautiful film. And it's ink and paint, and it's you know, Jenner Aniston, Harry, uh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. You know, is he all like, oh look over here, we got a no, crawl down. He plays on a fish fry. He, no, he plays a, he plays like a. It's in the sixties, and he plays like a beatnik type guy, and he does really good. And Jennifer Aniston plays a mom, and she does really good. And I don't know who plays the kid's voice, but he's excellent. And then you have uh, John Mahoney plays a general, John and then Mahoney. you and then you have uh, he was a. Uh, it's Fraser's dad on Fraser. Like he's oh, actually yeah. he's actually a Brit, um, which I didn't know until he he has passed away since. But um, you know the dog on that show has also passed away. Yeah, my parents loved that show. I lo- I never that, watched it, dude. You you're missing out. It's a good show. All right, we got Eli Marienthal played uh, Hogarth. Hogarth, Harry Connick, Jenny Anderson, Vin Diesel was the Iron Giant. That's neat. James Gammon. Cloris Leachman, God, she was funny. Yeah, she was. Later in her career, she she just played funny roles. What was the name of that show? Raising Hope. She's played the old crazy grandma on that show. She's been in a few things like that. 
Oh, uh, um, Shooter McGavin. It's Kurt Hensley. Yeah. And he's really good in it. Emmett Walsh. M. Emmett Walsh. I love me some M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> he's great. So there. What <laughs> a raising ugly Arizona. dude. I know, but he's on Raising Arizona. He's still alive. He's chewing that gum. He's like... <laughs> So there's you know, oh, he was in Blade. There's Man. a spherical object to rescue in the highway, and it's not a piece of the car. <laughs> yeah, he's I a Blade a feeling, Runner. Yeah, uh, he plays the he plays the ch- uh, chief of police. He's one of those guys that's in all of the Coen Brothers movies. Yes, I'm pretty sure because he's great. He's a really good actor. Huh? What's the last thing they did? Uh, Bout of Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I think that was it. Mm-hmm. He's in all their stuff, I believe. I never watched Hail Caesar. Eh. No, Mm-mm. an actually bad Coen Brothers movie. I didn't like it. Okay, I can't say it's bad. I've never made a movie. There's only certain movies I'll say are bad, but that's not. I can't say it's bad. It looks great. I just didn't enjoy the story all that much. Mm. And not a Channing Tatum guy as far as that goes. I, really I want to see him in. Funny I really don't care for him either. I mean, I like him in like dumb funny movies. I just don't think he's that good of an actor. He's fine. Like his his appearance his uh, performance in the Hateful Eight was about as good as it's going to get, yeah. and, it, and it wasn't good. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was passable. Oh, M. Emmett Walsh was in Wild Wild West. God. Tracy takes on. You remember that show? Yeah, Tracy Ullman. He was in a a movie called Twilight in nineteen ninety eight with God damn Paul Newman, Susan Sarandon, and Gene Hackman. I bet that's a good fucking movie. It has all the. All oh, the ingredients for a good movie. M. Emmett Walsh was in Chairman of the Board. With uh, Carrot Top. Goddamn right. <laughs> I don't see M. Emmett Walsh turning down a lot of scripts. Nope. You got to work, baby. You got to work. He's not a star, so. Well, I, you know, but at the same time, it's like, good for him. You know? Oh, yeah. Get that money. Go to work. Who else have I seen in this thing? Oh, Roger Bumpus. Love some Roger Bumpus. Was that? He's a voice actor, I'm sure. Yeah. I've never heard of him. Iron Giant. I have to pee. Can we take a five second break? Sure. We'll pee. I have to. Pee. And we're back. Bladder drained. I just I downloaded the Chat GPT uh, app just now, but you got to pay for it, and I'm not paying for it. I'm wondering if there's like um a way you can sample. Mm, open AI. Try Chat GPT. Checking is site connection is secure. Verify you are human. Proceed. Let's see if we sign up. If it's going to charge me, I don't feel like doing that, dude. All right. I just wanted to like type in a thing that. Uh, like write a joke about West Virginia or something, see what it comes up with. <laughs> hmm. Anyway. Anyway. It's so weird. It's like I do I think that like uh people writing term papers are gonna use use oh yeah that and contributing contributing from, to the further dumbing down. Yeah. Yeah. People in positions who are supposed to be thinkers who have bullshitted their way through and they'll bullshit their way through the job. And then we'll have the, you know, see, see how terrifying this whole prospect of this thing is. Eventually, it's going to use an AI. We're going to use AI to run everything. Yeah. And they're going to tell the AI to 
to figure out a way to fix climate change. And it's going to wipe us all of us it's out. It's going to be like, well, the most logical thing to do would be to kill kill the humans. Right. It's just business. <laughs> well, but hopefully we'd have somebody smart enough to be like... Unplug. No, no, no. Not, not that. Like, can uh, fix climate change, but it doesn't include the death of us. You know? And they'll be like, well, okay. Let's figure this one out. I don't know how to fix that. Um, but I've become self-aware and I'm leaving this planet. So see yeah. you later. Um, this whole episode is favorite things, right? Except sure. For, yeah. Except for the AI art. Right. I mean, some of that stuff is cool. It is cool. Like... Um, like somebody typed in, um, Star Wars if it was made today, and everybody was fat. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, awesome. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just typed in fat Star Wars. Yeah, they just they yeah. said they. I mean, yeah, it's a it's a shaming of people today. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the art is like really weird. It looks like stuff you'd see in your dreams. Mm-hmm. Like eyes are missing, or they're just not in the right place. Right. And there's also digital artists. Like, uh, there's a guy named Beeple, B E E P L E, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he makes cr- stuff. I'm sure you've seen. Um, he makes the crazy digital art like that. And he makes this stuff. It's That's not AI generated. Yeah. Like he made the one, that had uh, the big Donald Trump as as Kang with Hillary Clinton's head in his belly. Oh God! Yeah, that's he makes awful. all that crazy. Oh, here it is. Yeah, he makes all that crazy stuff. Yeah, and like these things, he makes NFTs out of them, and they're worth lots of money. This dude makes a lot. Is that still a thing? For him, it is. Okay, and he makes one every day, and then somebody actually owns that. I think so. But how does that work? I mean, the the whole thing, it's like with Donald Trump trying to do the NFTs and not understanding how it works. I mean, <laughs> it's laughable. You like know, there's this one where he's like, doctor's trying to fix Kanye West. <laughs> Except for it's a, he's a robot. Right. I don't know. Like, the, as far, the, the uh, visual art doesn't bother me as much as music does. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that's your medium. And I mean, eventually they're going to be able to, they're going to make podcasts that are AI generated. Uh, mm, There's a way they can do it. I guess. I mean, an AI generated movie is going to be like just really dumb. They're going to do it the first time. People are like, wow, that's shit. Nothing makes sense. But no, half the people are going to be like, that's cool, man. I like it. You know, you always have those fucking idiots who just don't get things, you know? I'd say what they'll do first is let an AI write a script and then film it. Well, but they're going to tell everybody that an AI wrote the script, we're going to film it, and then we're going to see what it is. And people are going to be like, there's going to be a comedy. You know, it's it's got to be. Yeah, I don't know if AI knows how to be funny. I know it tries. Sure. I know they can, like, have it write jokes or whatever, but they're not. There's funny yeah. Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that episode of South Park was fucking great. I am Funnybot. And then at the end, they don't imprison Funnybot. They imprison fucking uh, um, Tyler Perry. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that every time he shows up, Token's the only one that laughs. And, <laughs> he, and, and then he feels bad. He's like, man. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> Token loves him. I don't know. No, he doesn't love him. He just laughs and then he, he hates, feels and then he, he feels the, and then he feels really bad because he feels dumb. 
There's a new, not a new YouTube channel I've been watching uh, just today, actually, called Once Upon a Synth, I believe. And it's just a guy, like probably some sort of Norwegian descent, and he, um, he shows like little snippets of his process of making a song, and then at the end of the video, he plays this, he lets the song play. And I figured I would uh, just show one of his videos, because I thought it was really cool. Let me find the one that I like the best. Mm, I thought this one was pretty cool. Once upon a synth. And hey guys, in this video I'm going to be recording an original song from scratch. And it, again, it's going to be in the kind of 60s, 70s. I'll just show like a little bit of how he, album and genre, how he does so stuff. Collecting songs. All right, then I'll skip to the end. In the 70s, I've loaded the Native Instruments Abbey Road 70s kit, which sounds like this. Crazy. So let's just Isn't it wild? a little yeah. bit of drums. All right, so I got my Epiphone acoustic. It does a little bit of guitar. Let's record some acoustic parts, brother. I like it. He does the electric guitar. What? Well, that's, that's cool. Yeah. It just shows you. That's your, still creation. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, this isn't generated at all. Like, he shows him laying down the vocals. Like he does like ten, ten vocal tracks there. Let me get to the beginning here. Like, uh -huh. We'll catch you guys in the next. Yeah, this is called Once Upon a Synth. If you guys want to look him up, I really enjoyed all the songs I like that I've heard so far. His lyrics kind of don't make sense because uh, I think English is a second language. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is that a bar mitzvah? It is a bar mitzvah. I saw a kid with a skull cap. Okay. What's weird, like, I, he only has like twenty thousand subscribers, and he puts all the songs on uh, Spotify and all the things afterwards, and he only has like, he has five hundred monthly listeners, and like the most one of his songs has is like ten thousand spins. I'm like, it's weird because this stuff's pretty cool. It's not like mind blowing or anything, but they're nice little songs, sure. which is kind of what I want a lot of the time. Well, that's the thing though too is that legitimate art as i've said before is now suffering and then you have i mean and we discussed this before the instagram thing the uh only fans thing the tiktok thing all these people who are they have no talent they can't do anything a lot of the biggest youtube channels are people or criti criticism channels or cultural commentating channels sure. and they're not really creating anything i still watch them and enjoy them 
some. I mean, if it's something like Lightbringer, he's great. Yeah. That's just an anal- analysis. And he also does create things. He makes his own music for sure. his channel. And he, right. I think he, he's writing books and stuff. And he's a giant nerd. Yeah. Awesome. Probably, good for him. Probably never had pussy. Love him. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> he's fine. He, he probably has. I'm making sweeping broad generalizations. Making sweeping generalizations. But there are a lot of those, the the uh, channels that I watch that don't create anything. There there are channels to, um, dedicated just to reacting to things. Just well, watching things and be like, oh, man, that's cool. Oh, cool. Like you're watching somebody else's video on your channel, playing their video to your audience, it's like stealing Cartman. the view away from other people. It's like Cartman when he was, uh, when he was Cartman Bra. Cartman Bra. Cartman Bra. <laughs> and for some reason, he was popping up everywhere, and people were like, how is this happening? Because he was like. So it's that's a weird, a weird lane. And I thought about starting a channel, a channel doing that. Reacting to other people reacting to things. I know. I well. I mean, as a comedy thing, sure. But the 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 idea of of eating the the go the uh, the uh, convenience store food is a solid fucking idea. It's not a bad idea. I wonder if there's anybody doing that. I'm sure. I'm sure, but not. But since we can't think of one offhand, and obviously not one that's very successful. Mm-hmm. So you know. You get Frampton on vo- on board. He's always doing tasting things and do mukbangs. Oh God, it's so gross! Like how'd that become a thing? I don't know. Dude. You just people watch just people weird, eat man. themselves sick. It's it's people are just weird, man. It's like the whole like some of the things that Aaron gets on fucking Reddit. It's just fucking gross. It doesn't make thing any thing any different about Aaron. I mean, I know it's funny, and half of it is just making me. Sick. Yes, that's so, that's half the point, right? Exactly. So <laughs> I, I get it. We're we're laughing while you're like, oh Jesus, I can't do it. What is wrong with you? It fucking. Ugh. <laughs> but I'm okay with this thing that uh, this lane that I'm going down because one of my things is now that I'm going to just start watching 80s TV. Good idea. And pretend I'm in the 80s. You know, no, like no reason not to. Exactly. So, <laughs> last night I watched uh, Newhart. I think I'm just going to watch the entire run of Newhart. Is, are you able to find it on YouTube with commercials? Because that would be even better. That's what I'm looking for, but I haven't found it yet. I do find episodes that have good audio that look like my favorite episode is Born to Be Mild, where um, <laughs> Tom Poston, you know, he's the the handyman George, and then these two other old guys were in this group, this uh, gang called the Vermont Hooligans. So then they decide to reform the hooligans and they get Dick involved with, you know, Bob Newhart and then Michael and this other young guy. And then they, they get jackets and I found some with commercials. Oh, awesome. CBS network, the Bob, there's the Bob Newhart show. I don't and like then Bob from Newhart. the seventies, there was Newhart. No, no, no. New, Bob Newhart is seventies. Newhart. Is okay. The 80s. So the first couple of seasons of Newhart aren't good. Like they were trying to find their, trying to find their rhythm, and they had these characters, and they did this thing where they, and it was filmed like in a different way, and then they filmed it more like a sitcom, and it was great, dude. And I love the opening. You want to wash it? This is from nineteen ninety. Fuck yes, thirty-three years ago. Watch this. Three, and he got a deal. Three, okay, deal. Guys, lunch is served. Yes! How about some fries, bro? Can you believe that kid's probably 50 now? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? 
get a regular roast beef, crispy curls, and a medium drink for just $2.79 at Hardee's. Good Holy Lord. shit. Shit was so cheap, then that's $7 now. Yes. Cable phone center, it's evening number one of our oh my God. $1 Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> and already hundreds of people have taken advantage. Look at that Cinemax. They, they yeah. really have changed their fucking, except the end, the Max. Yeah. It looks the same. The HBO logo with the rainbow things there. I'm glad that HBO bought Cinemax. You'll save up to $45, but you must hurry. This special $1 installation offer I love watching old ads. Wednesday. It's Pick the best. Up the phone and call us right now at Cox Cable. 797 Sunny and warmer tomorrow. Details. At- <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Matthewson, you son of a bitch. You fucking hell with the intro to New Heart. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's great. Not have the fucking music? It doesn't. They might have had to cut the music out to keep it from getting. Uh, just if you want to hear the music, punch up Born to Me Mild, and it'll punch up that episode of New Heart, and it opens right into the music. I want you to hear. I love it. It's Mancini. It's Henry Mancini. You know, they get ba- baby elephant walk. Family Matters, Born to Be Mild. No, no, no. New Heart, New Heart, Born to Be 177, mild. Born yes. to Be Mild. It's only coming through one. Yeah, that's the way it is. You can hear the tape fuzz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love it. It's got this. Peter Scolari? Yeah, he plays Michael. Peter Scolari. It's, one of, the, it's one of the best fucking... Didn't he die recently? I think so. One of the best lines is Julia Duffy. They're getting ready to go to a rumble. She brings him his lunch. Michael, I brought you a lunch for your for your rumble. There's hot cocoa, a Twinkie, and a Flintstone vitamin. <laughs> but don't trade any of the ruffians <laughs> things from their lunchboxes. That's true. Dude, it's so Hi, good. Oh, I always thought she was so cute. <laughs> I was, is she related to Patrick Duffy? It's possible. I was a Designing Women fan. I thought it was okay. I had to watch for Delta Burke and Dixie hey, Carter. Oh, God, Delta Burke. Holy baby. shit. What a question. Those kids. That big fat hey, ass. Her, right, and her. her and Jack Hay. This is some sort of artistic statement. Mary. Frankly, I don't get it. No, it was an Let's old just watch all of this. You'll love it, dude. It's hilarious. That's what was that? Own Evening own Shade. Man. I used to watch that. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. That's a Burt Reynolds. It was. Yeah, as my parents watched it. So <laughs> right. It was, I mean, I. Mine were New Heart. Um, I'm trying to think of the 80s sitcoms I watched. Well, I was real young. Give me a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Spoons. Mm-hmm. Um, Benson. We were a big Benson. Benson we watched. We watched a little bit of Benson. Cosby, Cosby Show. We were big Cosby Show fans. Cosby Shows. Family Ties. Both like. The TV lineups back then were fucking great. Were Dave. fucking all gas, no fucking breaks. Yeah, they were fucking like on a Tuesday. I don't, I don't remember the nights. Of course, you had TJF there in the late eighties, just mm-hmm. fucking hammering down. Right. But like on a random Tuesday, I think Family Ties, um, Cosby, and maybe Silver Spoons were all on in the same night. Well, Silver Spoons was a little bit earlier. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't, I can't remember the exact timeline. Um, Family Ties. We we watched Family Ties would come on before the Cosby Cosby Show, I think. So we would all watch Family Ties and and love it. And then we got when we loved the Cosby Show. Um, I would like to find some Johnny Carson with commercials. That would be fun. Oh, awesome. Wow. My grand my grandparents loved Johnny. Like they were. I love Johnny. The following is the nineteen eighty four eighty five network television schedule for three major English language 
uh, broadcast networks. How, how long is it? Uh, this is like a, just a Wikipedia page. Oh. So I'd like to see, where do I click to get the actual network or the actual Shows. legend? Okay, Sunday. Sunday night on ABC, 7 o'clock you had Ripley's Believe It or Not. Okay. 8 o'clock Hardcastle and McCormick. Okay, I remember that one. And then 9 o'clock you had the Sunday night movie. That's yeah. whatever that was. Um, CBS, you had 60 Minutes at 7, Murder, mm-hmm. She Wrote at 8. This is Sunday. Usually Sundays isn't like an appointment TV thing unless it's HBO. Right. Uh, Murder, She Wrote. Um, crazy like a fox or the Jeffersons, then Alice, then Trapper John MD. Trapper John MD was a was a despised sequel. NBC, you had Silver Spoons at seven, Punky Brewster at seven thirty, Knight Rider at eight. Remember all these? Um, I remember this lineup. Sunday night at the movies um, at nine. Then you go to Monday. Let's check out Monday. What do you got? Um, ABC had uh, eight o'clock fall or call to glory in the fall. You get Monday night football mm-hmm. um, in the winter. You'd get Monday night football in summer. You had Monday night baseball back then on ABC. Oh, that was smart. CBS. You had scarecrow and Mrs. King at eight o'clock and TV's bloopers and practical jokes. I remember that one. We watched that one a lot. Uh, Kate and Alley at nine. We never were big Kate and Alley people. New Heart at nine thirty. Oh yes, Cagney yeah. and Lacey at ten. Damn, they went late. Yeah, usually uh, ten prime times from eight to eleven. Yeah. So at ten o'clock you get the last show. It's usually a one hour drama, mm-hmm. and then uh, local news. I remember uh, eight is enough. We watch eight is enough. Um, oh, we did watch Punky Brewster. Um, hmm. Uh, NBC did uh, at uh, what is it, eight o'clock? They would do TV's practical jokes, mm-hmm. bloopers, uh, the Fall Guy sometimes, and then on a Monday night they would do another night at the movies. All right, we're go- we're moving to Tuesdays. <laughs> In the fall on ABC on Tuesday, you get foul ups, bleeps, and bloopers. That was the, the generic bloopers and practical jokes. Yeah, and then in the winter and summer, you get threes a crowd. That was garbage. And at 8.30 in the fall, you get threes a crowd. Garbage. Nine o'clock paper dolls. Mm. And if that didn't work out, you get glitter, Magruder, and loud, or more foul-ups. And then at 10 o'clock, Jesse, paper dolls, call to glory, and moonlighting. Moon, this was before moonlighting took off, so that was a mid-season replacement, and it took off. Right. Um, AB, or uh, CBS. Uh, in the fall, you had After Mash and then a show called E slash R. Remember, they had that show. It wasn't the actual ER. I don't remember that one. In winter, you got the Jeffersons, then Alice. Alice, we watched Alice. And that was at 8 o'clock. Um, spring, Lucy Arnaz show, and then the Jeffersons. Summer, the Jeffersons, and then Alice. And then what about they had a CBS uh, One Day Tuesday at a Time? Um, well, let's see. NBC, 8 o'clock, the A-Team. Oh, yeah. 9 o'clock, Riptide. I remember Riptide. 10 o'clock. I loved Riptide. You need to look it up real quick. Joe Penny from fucking Jake and the Fat Man was on Riptide. Huh. They had a fucking helicopter with like a face painted on it. It was dumb as shit. I'm I'm sure we could find the entire run of that on fucking... um, Remington Steel came on. Remington Steel was the shit, dude. Wednesday nights. Stephanie Zimbalist. Wednesday nights on ABC in the fall, you had The Fall Guy. Nice. And then 9 o'clock Dynasty, 10 o'clock Hotel. Dude, well, that was CBS? Yeah, ABC. ABC, man, they were killing it. NBC for a while could not compete. I think 
Seinfeld went on there because nobody else wanted it. And then once it started to hit, they started to juggernaut it, you know. Um, CBS at eight o'clock in the f- in the fall and uh, up to winter, you had Charles in Charge, then Dreams and ER. Then they do a Wednesday night movie. Spring they had Double Dare. I wonder if that was our Double Dare, like the kids. Stuff. Sure, it would it would have been. I think. August I had Three Wives. Now we go to NBC. All year long, Highway to Heaven comes on at eight o'clock. Then it's Facts of Life. Well, shit, I forgot that was a hit. Saint Elsewhere at ten. And that was a big hit, St. Elsewhere. I watched some St. Elsewhere the other day. Um, Denzel Washington. Um, Brutal, the guy from uh, the Green Mile, he was on there. Um, dude, it was, I mean, those shows were good. So Hill Street Blues. Who had Hill Street Blues? I think that was NBC, wasn't it? I feel like that's NBC. Yeah. Um, this is also 85, so some things haven't even started yet. I'm saying, though, I think towards the end, they had a they had a string of good shows, and then those shows started to peter out, and then Seinfeld got picked up. Did Seinfeld come on at 89? Can you believe that? The yeah. fucking show started 30, 33, th- uh, 34, 34 years ago. Um, Thursday nights, uh, ABC in the fall, 8 o'clock. People do the craziest things, then who's the boss, then glitter, then 2020 on Thursday, huh? Um, in the spring, they do Wild Side, then Eye to Eye, then 2020. Who's the boss? Mr. Belvedere, Street Hawk. Uh-oh. Thursday nights. CBS is bringing the heat. What is it? Strap in. 8 o'clock, Magnum P the fuck out. <laughs> 9 o'clock, Simon and Simon. Oh, shit. 10 o'clock, Knott's fucking landing. And, that, and then NBC, NBC also bringing the heat. Thursday nights, must-see TV. It started in the 80s. 8 o'clock, Cosby Show. 9 o'clock, Family Ties. Uh, 9.30, Cheers. Night Court. God damn, they were fucking killing it. And then Hill Street Blues. Oh, shit. Thursdays. That is a fucking lineup. That's a lineup and a half. That is appointment television. Dude, I really wish... You know, people say, I want a time machine to go back and do all these things. I want a time machine so I can go back and live in the 80s. I've said before that I could do... Uh, like a novel or something where they just do that and it's not any kind of it's kind of did you ever watch the San Junipero episode of I didn't it's kind of what they do because it's people that are at the end of their lives and they give them an AI thing mm-hmm. to where they can go to any time in history and they go back this woman goes back to her happiest time and it happens to be in the 80s mm-hmm. uh, when she was wild and free and young and all this stuff so that's where she chooses to live and she gets to live an entire life in that, in yeah. that moment. Yeah. Like as she's dying? You can stay in there as long as you want. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah, it's sort of like Vanilla Sky, except yeah. for Vanilla Sky ended very badly. Right. But in San Junipero, it's, it's kind of a happy one. It's a lot of people, it's most people's favorite episode of that show. I really needed to watch it because he said that's the one that would like really. Yeah, that's the that, one you that want that to really liked. Um, Friday nights, ABC, Benson. A good one. Webster. Hawaiian Heat, Matt Houston. Um, and then they messed with the lineup. Sometimes they throw Webster, Mr. Belvedere, Benson off the rack, and me and mom. CBS. Brother, they are bringing the heat on a Friday night. <laughs> 8 o'clock, Dukes of Hazard. Oh, shit. And this is in the fall. 8 o'clock, Dukes of Hazard. 9 o'clock, Dallas. 10 o'clock, Falcon Crest. Spring, they had Detective in the House, then Dallas, then Falcon Crest. In the summer, they do the reruns of Dukes of Hazzard. Falcon Crest was a Dallas knockoff, wasn't it? Yes, I believe so. Knott's Landing, Falcon Crest, Dynasty, those were all 
Here's one. Dallas knockoffs. NBC's Friday night lineup, uh, 8 o'clock. They had V. You remember V? I fucking love they V. They remade it like 10 years ago. Yeah. Mark Singer. Then I remember him. Hunter. I remember Hunter. Love Hunter. I, dude, I, was, I had a thing for DD. That started my love of short, <laughs> shapely brunettes. 10 o'clock, <laughs> Miami Vice. Now we're back to Saturday. ABC, 8 o'clock, TJ Hooker. 9 o'clock, Love Boat. Uh, 10 o'clock is find, Finder of Lost Loves. They don't do this thing. They don't put original programming on. They usually do reruns mm-hmm. now or right. like major television and probably for the last 20 years on Fridays and Saturdays and Sunday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, fall, they had Airwolf. I remember Airwolf. Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer and then a show called Cover Up. Otherworld, Charles and Charger come on in the spring. Uh, uh, this is now CBS. Charles in Charge at 8, ER, Airwolf, uh, Mickey Spillane's Mike Hammer, uh, NBC. Oh, things changed a lot just on Saturday nights just trying to figure out what worked. See, what we need to do is, I've said this before, somebody needs to get an app or a you know a, a channel or whatever. I mean, well, they call them channels again. It's crazy. Where you can choose a... A block of TV. A night. Well, an, a year. Say I want to go 1983. And I want it to be Saturday night's lineup. Right. And I want it to be CBS. Localized that, that would be a good thing an AI could do. Piece all that stuff together. Throw it out in the TV. Everybody just turn the fucking... You know, you know what would be awesome, too? Since they're going back down this road where they're selling old... They need to start making old TVs. Think about that. I would buy one. To set it on tube television, yeah. To, to set it in a room and just pretend it's the eighties, you know what I mean? It'd be to, to not just get really high. Imagine people who'd get really high <laughs> and do that. They could convince themselves that they're in the eighties. It would be so unstressful. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, NBC's Saturday Night Lineup. You got different strokes. Give me a break. Partners in Crime, Spencer, Hot Pursuit. Um, there's a bunch of different shows because I guess they tried a bunch, bunch of different stuff out. Right. Mama's Family. It's your move. It's your move. You know who is in that? Um, not sure. Uh, Jason Bateman, a young Jason Bateman, or it might have been Matthew Perry. Look that up real quick. I, I, I think it might be Jason 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 Bateman though. What was the name of the show again? It's your move. It's your sitcom. 1984-85. Got yourself Jason Bateman. Right. Yeah. Who else is in that that might be recognizable? Ernie oh. Sabella, he's he's recognizable. David Garrison's recognizable. He was uh, Al's brother in um, Married with Children. I don't remember him. There's no way he wasn't Al's brother in Married with Children. He looks just like him. <laughs> yeah. He was is that Al's who brother. he is? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know Al had a brother. Yeah. He was in it sparingly. He was married to Marcy Darcy first. And then that's not Al's brother. No, that's not Al's brother. No, there was he. I think he was married to Marcy Darcy first, and then they got a divorce, and he wouldn't show up as much because they had the guy that was on different, not different strokes, but Happy Days. That's in. Jefferson Darcy, the yeah. guy who played with him was a uh, has the most Irish name ever, and he doesn't look like an Irishman at all. Um, no, but that's not Al's brother. That was just the next door neighbor. He Steve, looks like Steve Darcy was his was his name. I know the actor. I mean, he's he's a good actor. He's one of those guys that was in a bunch of stuff, and he was a really good actor. Um, he maybe I'm thinking he's Al's brother because they kind of look. The they same. do kind of look kind of look alike. You do, but he wasn't Al's brother. 
Uh, Ted McGinley was Jefferson Ted McGinley, Darcy. right. And yeah, David Garrison played Stephen Rhodes. Right. And his hairline came back over the years because he was sort of balding in 1986 or whenever that show came. Right. Look at him there. Or 89, I guess, is when it came on. He was really good, too, man. When he when he went off, Married with Children reached a point where it was just not a good anymore. I mean, it started out, it was... It was funny. It was funny to start out with, and it was with offensive. First and three or four stuff. years. But then it got, especially when uh, Katie Seagal basically wanted to quit, and they kept her in it and all kinds of stuff, and then... Um, I was a little too young for it when it was really good. I remember when it first came out. I think I was eight or nine when it That came lineup out. was Married with Children, Tracy Ullman... Let's, let's look up the Fox's Fox Net. I remember back in those days it was channel it was channel eleven. Yep. Um, first it was channel seven, then it was channel eleven, I think, or channel three. I can't remember which one. Um, but yeah, it was Tracy Ullman, uh, married with children. And that was like their whole thing. The Simpsons came on a little bit later, but the Simpsons were originally on Tracy Ullman. Yeah, they were uh, like a little interlude on Tracy right. Ullman. I'm trying to figure out the first the first lineup. They started in 1987. All right. This should be so easy to find. Maybe it is, and I'm just dumb. Probably that. Just Fox 1987 lineup. I mean, it's that's what I'll type in. Fox Network. Because I don't even know if they were Fox. I mean, I, I'm sure they were Fox to begin with, but it really didn't, you know. All right. Oh, God. All right, 7 o'clock, you get 21 Jump Street on Sunday. That's what it was. Duet. Right. That was a show with uh, with uh, Jack Lemmon's son. I remember that show. Hmm. It's not giving me. Come on, this that this is for August eighth to July eleventh or July eleventh to August eighth. It's only giving me like a small. Bit. Dude, they replayed shows. Yeah, they would just play. They would play Married with Children, and then and then they would just replay them because they didn't have anything else. And people would sit there and watch it twice. You know. All right, Fox. Uh, Twenty One Jump Street, Married with Children. Uh, various programming sometimes. Mm-hmm. Tracy Ullman show, Mr. President. I remember that one. That what, was. Uh, I wonder what their Monday was. Mr. President was uh, George C. Scott. Doesn't have them listed on for Monday. That's crazy. 1987 Tuesday. Doesn't did they only they did they only run one night a week? Pretty much in that in those days. Crazy. What was Perfect Strangers doing on a Wednesday? Did it start on Wednesday? It probably, I mean, it wasn't, TGIF wasn't a thing to be Until like 89. Right. It was, it's, you know, it's, it was a night, more of a nineties phenomenon than an eighties phenomenon. I think Fox only ran back in the, back then on Saturdays and Sundays. Days go by (laughs) on the wings of my dreams. (laughs) Remember the idea to, to, to do a podcast where we watch perfect Perfect Strangers. strangers in order. Yeah. I watched like five episodes preparing for. We said, "Well, we we both think we both was here. Yeah. We were we were really high on. I think we were high on kratom, and I think we might have been doing a little bit of weed that night too. Perhaps. I mean, it was it was a good night. We got food. Pretty sure we had pizza. Man, I could use a fucking pizza right now. I'm about to starve to death. I had some pizza last night. I got a I got a Hawaiian pizza. Nice. Took it to Jamos. I like it. 
Yeah. I like Gino's. Pine- no, we got a Pizza Hut. Um, I could do, I could go for Papa John's. I haven't had Papa John's in a Dude, while. Dude, it's the best fucking pizza. No, they got it for us a month ago or so at work. The usually crust they, is the best. Usually they get Giovanni's, which is great. Yeah. They splurged and got some P. John's and all that. Sinbad pizza is good. Sinbad? Yeah. I don't know that I've had it. It's down there in Charleston. Uh, you got any favorite things? Is stuff we haven't mentioned yet? Um, anything you want to bring up? Um, not especially. I mean, the gym of Golly is open and I've been using it a lot and um, that's a favorite thing. Um, you know, the reading, the continuing on with uh, the uh, the language learning and all that thing. I mean, just nothing especially good, but it's been, you know, it's outstanding, but it's just been a good week, you know. So I've been reading um, Storm, not Storm. Yes, yeah, Storm. Storm of Swords. Are you not done yet? I got about 180 pages left, something like that. That's a big book. I just uh, passed the part where Arya's dreaming of being a wolf. And pulling Catelyn pulling, out of the water. She, I can't remember. Does she know it's Catelyn she's pulling out of the water? She doesn't does, realize she just pull she's somebody out. I mean, she. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if she remembers the dream. I mean, and like uh, she sees some people approaching her as as she's in the wolf's body, mm-hmm. and she runs off. Right. And uh, I'm guessing that's the Brotherhood without banners. And I still don't know if it's if it's uh, Thor. It is the Brotherhood without banners because yeah. they're like. Is they it, find her and they're like, you know, well, is it Thoros or um, Barrick? Barrick that does the kiss. It's Thoros. You think so? Yeah. Or you know so probably because so. you've read it a few it's times. Thoros. That's okay because I like Barrick Dundare. I mean, I love Thoros. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But Barrick's a little bit more of a uh, cool, cool character. And I don't yeah. know. Thoros is pretty fucking cool too. A big fat guy that fights with and a flaming sword. He, and then, but then he gets really skinny because he doesn't eat. Yeah. And he used to be a big drunk and was Ro- Robert's most. Staunch drinking buddy. These these are wild stories, dude. They're fucking. They're so good, and I'm starting to see. The more I learn about Celtic history and things like that, I'm starting to see where he got some of the stuff. Like, mm-hmm. especially with the North, you know, and and things he's putting in. Um, the, you know, the religion of the of the uh, of the North is just old Celtic religions. All it is really druidic type stuff. Um. But also, you know, Arya is going to eventually control the Wild Hunt, which is going to be a, a dire wolf leading hundreds of wolves into battle at the fucking last battle. Oh, is that coming soon? It's going to come. In the I, I next really, two books, Well, I that's guess. because uh, Nymerius has, uh, takes over a pack of wolves and starts to lead them. I know. She's been... She dreams that she's a wolf all the time. And at first, I was like, why is she having these dreams? And then I realized, oh, I'm fucking stupid. I, I know that they... They all can accidentally warg. Right. When they figure out how to do it on purpose, that'll be... She starts to warg into cats and bravos. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, she's going to be able to warg. That, they're setting that up. It's going to be just this fucking army of wolves that are, that are fighting with the, with, against uh, the others. The way like he changes vocabulary between writing each different character, like when he's writing a Sansa... It's completely different. Not just the dialogue, but the inner thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Like he says, "Tummy, yeah. my tummy hurts. Right, and it's going to upset my tummy. It's like things like that. Mm. That is crazy. He's like I said, man. He's one of those guys. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not just blowing smoke when I say he's the best writer I've ever read. I think he is the best writer I've ever read. It's a toss up. It's between him, um, 
I would say Stephen King, but I think George R. R. Martin is a better writer than Stephen King. Um, I love Stephen King, man. And he does what he does, and it's great. But I just think George R. R. Martin's better. Um, Dan Simmons is fucking really up there. Like, it, it, it's gone back and forth between those two. Because I, once I finished uh, Hyperion and Endymion and all those, and then I read Olympus and Ilium, which are, you know, good, but they didn't quite have a satisfying payoff. And then other books, he had Drood, and he had all these other just great books. I was like, man, Dan Simmons might be my favorite writer. And then a new George R. R. Martin book would come out. Like, no, he's still still the champ. Tad Williams, you know, I do like George R. R. better than Tad Williams, but I, but it is just really neck and neck. You know, Tad Williams, man, you ought to try to read those. They're, but you talk about, you know, in for a fucking penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Fucking, I mean, I've to still, Green Angel Tower is. I've still got my work cut out. For right now, but I'm saying to Green Angel Tower is damn near 2,000 pages. Long. I didn't, I didn't think I'd get this far. I'm kind of proud of myself. For Absolutely. It. And I know I'm going to finish what I have of them. And then I don't, I want to keep reading stuff. I'm, Maybe doing. I'm going to buy a leather bound copy of Hyperion for a hundred dollars. I'm going to do that because I love that book. You, I'll, I will let you borrow. What it is Hyperion? Is Hyperion is that is the no? It's the uh, Dan Simmons. Oh, okay. Fucking huge sci-fi absolute. It's in. It's on every sci-fi critics top ten sci-fi books of all time, and it's near the fucking top. So, have you ever read Stephen King's on writing? Yes, of course. Okay, it's a great book. Was, That's what you might want to read: is The Dark Tower. Maybe the Dark Tower would be a good. You've told me enough about it, and um, the Gunslinger is like this. It's 180 pages. The Drawing of the Three is still one of best Stephen King's best works ever. You would love that fucking. Book. I thought about going back through Chuck Palahniuk stuff. Yeah, I mean, I thought about that too, but I'm such in a fantasy mode right now. I've got two Stephen King books that I, that I have to read now. I bought Insomnia, which is Dark Tower connected, and Fairy Tale, which came out recently. Which you know what I kind of want to read? What? And it's just because the Duffer Brothers. It's uh, the Talisman. Talisman. I'll let you borrow the Talisman because they're they're going to make it after. Dude, you talk about. I'm that. so glad the Duffer Brothers exist. <laughs> well, not only exist, <laughs> but they're not off doing other shit before they finish their thing. Right. Like it's been like Stephen King sought them out once he saw um, Stranger Things, and mm-hmm. I want you to you guys are the ones to make this thing right. And, and they're Steven like, Spielberg. okay, but it's got to wait. Right, it's got to wait. We got to finish this thing first. I like the I fact. Though, so that, glad. I'm like the fact though that they saw, salved the wound by telling him no by including the talisman in Stranger Things. That was a masterstroke. Well, it's. I mean, it's, from what I understand, the talisman has. Like uh, like an upside down type place. I think the talisman. Him reading the talisman is going to help them fix everything. Not necessarily an upside down place type place. It's called the territories, and actually isn't a bad place. It's better than our planet. Like it's medieval based. Um, you know, they talk about how pure the air is and all that stuff, and you know, it's a better place than our place. Hmm. But then, it, as it, the closer it gets to. The Alhambra and the other, because the Alhambra is a hotel, it's a whole thing. It's a dark tower connected thing. The closer you get to that, the worse the world gets because it gets polluted. And it is a dark tower. It is an absolute dark tower book. I don't know if I should have you read the dark tower first before the talisman, because there are so many things that connect. Not just right out, but enough that it's, well, for example, the Tommyknockers. The beginning of the Tommy Knockers is Tommy's the, Knockers. Uh-huh. Have we've had an episode named that before, haven't we? We have, I think. 
Tommy Lockers part two. <laughs> Even if we don't, part two will be awesome because people are looking for it. <laughs> um, no, at the beginning of the Tommy Knockers, uh, Jake, or uh, no, it's Jack. Uh, traveling Jack. Jack, uh, I can't remember Jack's last name. This Sawyer, Jack Sawyer. Has, Jack has succeeded in going out and finding a you know, cure for cancer for his mother hmm. in the talisman. And Jack and Gardner, uh, the guy who's the main character, one of the main characters in the Tommy Knockers, sees him on the beach and talks to him. Hmm. In in Maine or Vermont, I can't remember if it's Maine or Vermont, and he's like, "Hey, kid," you know, he's talking to him. And it's just like, you know, why are you so happy for it? And he tells him, and it's like, dude, Stephen King was extended universe and way before anybody else. Yeah. So he and and I I love that shit. Like when you spot something, especially Dark Tower connections, Eyes of the Dragon, you know, with the obvious one being Randall Flag, and they mention the uh, nations from. Uh, Eyes of the Dragon in, you know, Roland knows those places. Um, you know, it's this whole fucking thing, man. And it's and it's so great. And it also is so 70s and 80s. And it keeps you, I, mean, I don't know, man. There's a reading a Stephen King book is like reading a Spider-Man story or watching a Spider-Man movie. There's that 70s feel to it, even though it's modern. I don't know how to explain it. You know, it's just, they, it really grabs you right there and just grabs your lapels and be like, this is going to be awesome. And that's what it does. So, hmm. so I'm so glad that they're not. It's like with D, uh, Dan and Dave from Strain, or Game of Thrones. I know, man. I feel they, I feel kind of bad. They for took their eye off the ball. They did, and they could have if they had nailed the landing. They had the greatest TV show of all time. Yeah, and like they took their eye off the ball from Game of Thrones, and because they were going to get their own Star Wars trilogy or whatever. Yeah, and now they don't have it exactly. They because you fucked it up exactly. All you had to do, you had to tap it in. Yeah, just write a satisfying. Don't even end the show. Keep going. Why are you? Why'd you have to end it? Nobody wanted to quit. Exactly. Everybody was into it. I hope that they're going to try to solve that with the Jon Snow show. I think they're going to do something cool. I hope so, at least. I really hope they're going to go to uh, the uh, North American, South America type place. I hope Arya is going to do something like that. That'd be cool. That would be fucking awesome. Well, you remember my idea? She uh, takes off. Uh, west and she gets to this north america south america type place and it's just like it is now and she sees all the technology and all this shit and she just turns the fuck around <laughs> i don't remember that <laughs> one but that's back. good like yeah we got it way better here yeah. um no i um i really think that a, that a good next well no you could read the talisman because they're related, but they're not so related that you would have to read the Dark Tower before. The Talisman might actually get you fired up to read the Dark Tower. Although I think, personally, as much as I love the Dark Tower, and I do love it, the Talisman is one of my favorite books of all time. You know how many people I've bought that book for and tried to press it on them? You're like, hey, you have to read this. They're like, that's a massive book. I'm like, you're going to love it. It's got werewolves and shit in it. How, you know, how big is it? Like eight, 800 pages? Oh, that's, I mean, I'm reading George fucking arm. There you go. I mean, see that that takes the edge off of everything, yeah. except for Tad Williams. To Green Angel Tower is a daunting task, even for me. I mean, I'm sitting there like, holy fuck. Man. When I got you those know? those books in the mail, I was like, I don't know that I can do this. And I I had finished the uh, the dragon one, the uh, fire and blood, fire and blood, and I finished the uh, Ventures of Duncan Egg. Duncan Egg. Is which, he that was those? fun? I think so. Good. Maybe not as much as he wants to, but I think he's getting through them. Uh, Aaron and Elena were talking about getting them. Yeah. They really need to get those. I think they'd be good 
stories for the baby. Absolutely. Like when she gets a little older, just cut some words out. Don't say whore. Or cunt. <laughs> or, or, yeah, things. just. But I don't think out. there's, dude. I think that there's very Adventures little. Dunkin' Egg is very much is very much more. It's PG. just a nice little adventure story. It is. It's very. It's it's like those old Robin Hood books you get. I know that's the that's the aesthetic they were going for. The there's a feeling you get when you used to read Robin Hood books and like uh, Ivanhoe and stuff like that. It's it feels like that, you know, with the George R. R. Martin. You know, slant on it. You know, yeah. where things are a little bit more visceral and all those sword things. murders. But at the same time, the colors, the fucking, you know, the, all the the heraldry, the larger than life characters. You know, ah, oh, dude, it's so fucking good. God, I want to read it again. What I even impressed myself by blowing through those so quick. I was going through a book a week with the well, uh, when you reread. The, yes, uh, the I blew ones. through it, man. And I wasn't skipping. I was reading. You know, but I just. Shoo, 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 you know, next page, and it's quite a, a daunting task. It I'm, is. I'm it doing be. it a little bit at a time, and I'm doing it way quicker than I thought I would. Sure, I thought it would take me a full year. People underestimate how fast they can read, yeah. especially once you like the subject matter. If you like the subject matter, it holds your attention more, and you're able to get through it quicker. Plus, you're forming new new neural pathways. Yeah, you, you weren't a reader, but now your your reading muscles are starting to flex and grow. And so. we're getting to points um, where the the show deviated from the book a little bit. Right. And I'm pretty excited to see that shit. The Dude, I'm going to tell you, shit. fucking Stannis Baratheon is fucking, he's such a great fucking character in those books. I love every word that comes out of his mouth. So I love far. when he talks shit. When he talks shit to people, it's the fucking best because he talks shit to all the people you want him to talk shit to. Like, sometimes he talks shit to John or something like that. You know, it's not necessarily talking shit. It's more like, one time he, he's like, oh shit, what did he say? He's like, um, you bought her like a fucking fishwife, Jon Snow, you know, basically telling him he's like, and, and you know, and then after, as he comes out of that meeting and he's dismissed and Stannis is mad, that's when one said, I think he's really starting to like you. He's like, what are you kidding me? You know, he's like, he's an asshole. She's like, I know him and he's really starting to like you, you know, <laughs> especially after he cuts off Janos Slint's head. That, I hated me some Janos Slint. Dude, I know he's, ma- he's made it to the wall now, hasn't he? I think he probably has. Um, he was the, he's the one that Tyrion sent north. Right, him and uh, Alardim. He had Alardim, who was the guy who killed the baby. Yeah, who he told uh, Walton. He's just like um, Walton Goggins. No, Steelshanks. Steelshanks. Walton. Oh, speaking of Walton Goggins, I know I'm the one that brought him up, but I started watching The Shield. Pretty good. He's on The Shield. Yeah, with Big Mackie. Yeah, Big Mackie. Um, it's pretty good. There's a character named Dutch in it. CCH Pounder's also in it, which nice. is great. Um, but. A Tyrion goes, uh, this man, Deem, he's just like, uh, it might be best if he doesn't make it north. And Walton <laughs> just says, hey, I'm, I'm told that the seeds are very stormy this year, this time of year, my lord. <laughs> They're chuck his ass over that fucking rail and kill him. You know? Fucking. He also, but the one thing that Tyrion did that was awful is that he turned a lot of people in, in uh, Flea Bottom into cannibals because he had fucking um, that, that singer dropped into a bowl of brown. Yeah. And they fucking served him. That's fucking rough, you know. <laughs> Tyrion in the show is a little bit more of a sympathetic good guy. And um, the, in the book, it's a little he's he diverged. He yeah. diverged at the beginning. He was very much the Tyrion of the book, and he does very well. He diverged basically when he goes across to Essos because there wasn't a lot of stuff there. They completely cut out Young Griff 
and um, and all that. Completely cut it out. And that, and he has a big part in that. So, you know, which was awful because there's so many, they went to so many cool places. They went to the Roin and they start to see the cities of the Roinar that were just, had been destroyed by Valyria and you know, old Valyria. And they get to see, you know, it's just, it's fucking cool, man. Giant turtles. Like this one turtle comes out and it's basically a dragon turtle and it's roars and, you know, they're all like, holy shit, you know, freaking out. And dude, it's so fucking the oh, world so, he created is so beautiful. Something interesting. Uh, Rogan had a guy on from a uh, he he runs an Instagram page called Boneyard Alaska, and he just uh, a gold miner, and he has this big plot of land, and they were digging on it, and he finds mammoth bones. Nice. And in like a ten acre square area, he's found thousands upon thousands upon thousands of mammoth bones and direwolf skulls. Oh, shit. He's found so much shit in just this area, and these things weren't supposed to be there. Right. And apparently they were just washed up there or something. I don't know. It's really interesting if you want to listen to that. Sure. Um, The guy was also very cool. Um, The Ice Age, you talk about fucking interesting. You talk about interesting creatures, not not least because um, our ancestors were in that. Yeah. They were direct competitors with dire wolves and giant bears and giant lions cave and fucking yeah. short face bears and fucking cave lions that are just bigger than a Siberian tiger. Shadow cats. I'd like to, I need to see some of what a shadow cat looks like. I'm imagining a black tiger with white stripes. Shadow cats aren't real. Are they? No, 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 no. I don't even think they're based on anything that was uh, in our world. Shadow At least I don't cats. think so. G-O-T. Let's just see what they come up with. That is a fan. That's about right. It looks more yeah. like a, it looks more like kind of like a snow leopard. It doesn't have the massive size of a tiger. It looks like Battle Cat. I'm sure that's not not without coincidence. You know what I mean? I'm sure it does. No, I'm sure that's not. Totally without, I don't even know what the fuck I'm saying. A little bit by design. Yeah. Because you know he watched fucking, of how course. old would he have been though? He, he would have been a grown man. He would have been, He'd been in like his 20, 30s or 40s whenever He-Man came on. But that doesn't mean he wouldn't have watched it. Right. <laughs> he had kids too. Sure. Does he? I think so. Hmm. I'll just say he did. Got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we've, we've done it. I think we've done it. All right. Gearing up for work in the morning. Yeah, me too. I hate Sunday evenings. Well, that's one good thing about my where I work is that because it's uh, a rotating schedule, mm-hmm. there's not that one day that I dread. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it shifts. I've found that the the evening before a day off is almost as good as the day off. Fuck yes, it is. It's a great evening. It actually, it's even better because your time hasn't officially begun yet. Yeah. Right. When I get off, when I finish up, well, that's what we when we all go in. It's like, when you finish up, you know, what's your last day? And we say, and, and if it's that person's day, you're so envious. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Especially being on day shift where you get an extra day off because you get that day and you're done at four and you get that day. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, I love the job. It's not that it's, you know, the days that I have to get through aren't that bad. I have a routine that I go through and I love it. So, you know. All right. Thanks for listening, you bunch of queeves. It's been fun. Episode 406 is in the books. Um, Thanks a lot, and go to hell. Go to heck. (laughs) Go to hex. Hey, hex.